right, all right. Good morning, Promisers. Have a seat. Welcome to all of our campuses. Come on, are you guys glad to be in the house of God this weekend? Great to see you. Welcome to Campbell. I was out there last weekend, Campbell County. Welcome Anderson, North Knoxville, our Blunt County campus, Pellissippi campus, our internet campus, missionaries, and our military folks, and, and FP traveling. It's great to have you with us. Also, God Behind Bars, you guys picked an amazing weekend to come to church, to worship together. God, the kingdom of God, we're in a series, and the kingdom of God literally has been invading our, our worship. And that's what God wants to do. His kingdom has come to invade. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, in my heart, and in my home, as it is in heaven. And we prayed for you every day this week. Last week, we had the big throne on the stage. This week, every day, that the, the image of that throne would just come to you in your worship and your quiet time, and that, that you would just surrender over and over to the Lordship of Jesus. So we pray for you. After every weekend, we'll, we come back in with prayer throughout the week of whatever God, you know, was laying on our hearts. And so just know that you're covered, you're loved. God behind bars, we love you guys today. It's great to be with you guys with us at another one of our campuses. But hey, can I tell you, we understand that for some of you guys, it's a really difficult day. Because you're there, and you're a dad, and you'd love to be with your kids. And we get that. And matter of fact, uh, this our other campuses are planning on doing a Christmas thing with you guys, trying to get your kids in there and facilitate some family time at Christmas. Because we love you, we support you, and we pray for you. We love them, guys. Come on, all of our campuses, we love you, God Behind Bars. So if you would, God Behind Bars, all of our campuses, dads, would you just go ahead and stand and remain standing for a minute just till I have you. So go ahead, all of our campuses, go ahead. Dads, come on, let's give them some love. Let's give them some love. Now, <clears throat> while you're up, just keep standing. Let me just say a couple things. Uh, number one, you are in the house of God this weekend, and you are doing your best to lead your family into the kingdom of God. So it honors God. None of us are perfect dads. Would you all agree with that? But you know what? We're going to do our best to honor God, to love God. We're going to do our best to bring our kids and our spouses. We're going to do our wives. We're going to do our best to live. And so I believe that you've honored God this weekend by choosing to worship him. And many of you have spent a long time honoring God. And I'm telling you, it puts a smile on the face of God. Thank you, dads. We have some great dads in the house. Come on. You guys can have a seat. We love you. And you know what? I think of many days, but especially today, it, it's Abba. I, in my quiet time, you know, Abba is the Hebrew word for daddy. And I, I use that word a lot in my, in my just private time every morning with Abba. And so, God, we love you. It's, it's happy Abba's day. And, and we just want to give you a card. We want to lift our hands and our hearts. And we want to give you just an extra portion of praise and worship today because you deserve it. Today, we want to put a smile on your face. Today, God, we want to open our hearts. Today, God, we want your kingdom to come. We really want your will to be done with dads and moms and kids. And God, today is a difficult day for a lot of dads here. Uh, some who've lost their children. Others who have their dads have, have gone on to be with you. And God, so there's a lot of struggles down here, and you understand that. We, we have a high priest who can understand our infirmities through your son. But God, would you just inhabit this 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 time of worship, would you inhabit, and can we just say we love you? Happy Father's Day. Come on, give him praise one more time, would you? 
What a mighty God that we serve. Now, this week is kids' camp, grades three through five, a few hundred kids. We probably have a hundred more than last year. And so we are just packed full. Matter of fact, we had a waiting list. And so I want to I encourage you to really pray for all those adults that are with the kids. Because if, if you look up the word purgatory in the dictionary, it's kids camp with 300 third through fifth graders. Are y'all with me? Come on. And people have taken vacations and gone without pay to go love on your kids. And, and so pray that God will save kids this week. Pray that God will call kids into ministry this week. Pray that God will move. And then continue to pray for movement coming up in a few weeks. So God will do the same thing with our students. Just ask God to move in this next generation in a powerful way. Does that make sense? I mean, come on. You get a break because your kids are gone. But somebody's got them. And so pray for those people that got them. All right? Pray for Pastor Gene and the teams. And it's going to be an amazing time. All right, our theme verse in this series is kingdom come. It's Matthew 6, 33. But seek ye second his kingdom. Now, come on. Seek you when you have time. Seek you sometime. Are y'all serious? Does that say first? Because we don't really live like that, do we? Come on. Yeah, come on. Oh, it was funny a minute ago. Come on. Come on. Seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness and all. This See, we don't focus on kingdom and righteousness. We focus on all these things that he's just listed. Where we're going to live, we're going to eat, what we're going to wear, our 401k. You know, who's going to get elected? I mean, what, what about Obamacare? What about the, what about, and I, I just love listening to the pundits. I hate presidential election years. Now they start about a year and a half out. It's terrible. But if, 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 if so-and-so gets elected, it's the end of America. Are you with me? It's just the end of America. If Trump gets elected, I'm moving out. It's the end of America. If Hillary gets elected, it's the end of America. Come on, guys. Quit living with fear, would you? And I talked to a guy the other day. He said, it can't get any worse. I said, actually, the first century was way worse. Nero used Christians, dipped them in oil, and hung them on lamps, and used them to light the streets of Rome. Nobody had any, nobody had any rights. If they wanted to kill you, they killed you. In China, Christians don't have any rights. They kill them. They put them in prison. And Christianity is exploding in China. Oh, it's just, it can't get any worse. It's been way worse. Amen? Come on, guys. Listen, we don't look to the White House. We don't look to the Oval Office. We look to the throne of God. He is in control. Wow. My goodness, the Trumpster nor Hillary have power to change Jack. Are you with me? Come on, quit putting your, all your hope and trust in a political party. I loved it last night. I was leaving. Man, there was all kind of bumper stickers on cars. I pulled up behind a Bernie bumper sticker. Feel the burn. I wanted to run him over. And I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I didn't. I'm kidding, come on. Grow up, can we not laugh about it? Now listen, you want you listen to talk radio and it can't get any worse. Then I, then someone pulled with a Ben Carson. And I was waiting for a Trump and a Hillary to drive by. Hey, can we not love each other no matter what political party? Come on, let's grow up in Jesus. My mercy. My mercy. Come on. 
And so, but seek ye first his kingdom and his, all these other things God said I'm going to take care of. Now, you know, it's, it's amazing how many American Christians, it's not like it, in, uh, but how many American saints are so focused on the all. I'm worried about all my stuff. Would you all agree with that? We've never had more stuff, and we never spent more time worried about our stuff. Now, if you were here last weekend, uh, Micah did the message, absolutely kicked the ball out of the park. Was that not a great message last weekend on the throne of God? Man, so proud of our next generation leaders and that are coming up. It is unbelievable some of the warriors that are millennials that are coming up. It is just absolutely outstanding to watch what God is doing. Psalms 127.5, behold, children are a gift of the Lord. And sometimes, uh, moms and dads, you need to remind yourself of this verse. Uh, yesterday, my son-in-law and my daughter were going somewhere and and they had my, my new granddaughter, Bella, in the car, and, and she had a little accident in her car seat, and there was poop from chin to hair. Face, got a big handful of it. On those days, you have to remind yourself that children are a gift from the Lord because you don't think so. This keeps you from killing them. The fruit of the womb is a reward. I'm not sure for what, but it's a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is what? Full of them. See, listen, here's the deal. If you're a warrior, and especially in the biblical days, when the, there, there wasn't M16s, they had bows and arrows. And the great warriors would pull those arrows out, and they always hit the target. See, if you're a, if you were a if you're a kingdom person, you're a soldier of the kingdom of God. Anybody in the any kingdom soldiers this this morning? So, see, if you're a kingdom soldier, then everything you have is used to advance God's agenda. Your money, your house, your car, your time, your gifts, even your kids. And so we trained our kids to be used for God. Does that make sense? We trained our children. We started taking them on mission trips when they hit between 8 and 10 years old. We started taking them soul winning when they were 8 or 10. Back to, uh, some of y'all don't remember. We used to do what we call door knocking, visitation. Y'all remember that? I started taking my kids, and I would just, tra I would just each week I'd take a different one, and they would go, and i train them. If there's a kid, you go play with a kid so I can talk to mom and dad. Diversion. So we, so I, it, and so today, as I watch my kids serve God, as I watch Mike and Zach and and preaching and leading great ministries, and and see our kids are are they're, they're arrows. Does that make sense? Now let me tell you what. Listen, would y'all agree with that? So li listen, listen, listen. When your kid comes home from camp or movement and says, "I feel like God might be." might be leading me into ministry, don't look at them and say, oh, dear God, no. You'll never make any money. Life will never be good. Is that a soldier of the kingdom of God? Come on, mom and dad. Hey, I feel called to, min to missions. I've been blown out of the water at how many students and young adults have been called to missions and their mom and dad pitch a fit. Mom and dads who bow the knee to King Jesus, who say, oh, no, you're not. Oh, no, no, no. Are y'all with me? Come on. Is somebody listening? 
See, if, 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 the, if our children are arrows in the quiver that we are shooting for God, then we need to be thrilled that they're going to ministry. Yeah, but I want my kid to go to school and get a good education so that he or she can get a good job. What about the kingdom? Seek you what the kingdom of God? Oh, is it first? Oh, it's first. Is it first? Does that mean your kids? Your cash? Is is anybody home? Oh, yeah. See, we don't live this, do we? Come on, let's be real. Listen, listen. don't get, don't don't feel bad because it's about to get way worse up in here in the house. Are you ready? It's about to get it's about to get worse. In a few minutes, we're gonna hear a story of an arrow that was shot from a quiver of a dad who went home to be with Jesus last year. You're gonna do that in a few minutes. But now let me set this up. See, remember we're talking about the king, the series is Kingdom Come, and we're using the motif of castles. Well, in every castles, there's a what? A tapestry. They're tapestry. You ever been to the Biltmore? The Biltmore guy, they have tapestries everywhere. Do you know that the architect and the, and the guy that built the Biltmore spent three years in Europe buying furniture and artwork? Ladies, a three-year European shopping spree. Three stinking years. 1,600 works of art, furniture from around the world, Napoleon stuff. Well, they, got these, they have tapestries everywhere. And so let's weave a tapestry this weekend because everything that you do in your life weaves a tapestry. So what is a tapestry for? Well, one of the things that they were for was for warmth because a castle was not insulated in, back in the Dark Ages. And so they would put tapestries up against the wall as, as insulation and it would bring color to the room. Now, those of us who were a part of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God gives us insulation from this wicked world, this evil eon in which we live. Does that make sense? See, God's kingdom has come, but it's not fully here yet. That's the reason nobody writes books or talks about this topic, because the kingdom is here, but the kingdom is coming. The kingdom is now, but the kingdom is in the future. And so we say, I don't understand that. I talked to pastors in the last few weeks. How come you don't preach on the kingdom? Because I don't get it. It's here, it's coming. Well, let's just go ahead and preach the Bible. It's here, and it's coming, right? Do we get that completely? No. But we've got to begin to really wrap our arms around the kingdom of God. And so a tapestry, if we're in the, it, it insulates us from this wicked world. Because guess what? Anybody born again? Anybody, anybody G Christ followers? Okay. See, when you were saved, you were transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's marvelous son. That means that as long as, as, long as we live on this world, under the current regime, we are behind enemy lines. And, and it, it never ceases to amaze me how few Christians get this. We are, the kingdom of God has come, and yet we still live in an evil eon, this age of Satan that Adam and Eve ushered in by surrendering in the Garden of Eden their dominion that God gave them. And so they had dominion, they lost dominion. We're behind enemy lines, and yet we live like we're walking on the beach in the summer, right? And then things happen in our life, we, we become, there's collateral damage that happens, and we say, I don't understand why that happened. Because we're in a war and we're living behind enemy lines. If you get shot or you step on an IED or a landmine, does that surprise you if you're in Fallujah? Does that surprise you if you're in Iraq or you're in Afghanistan in a war? No. We are in a spiritual battle that's raging all around us. We don't need to be surprised at collateral damage. Does that make sense? But the Bible says to be ready and be prepared. Now, the second thing that tapestries do is they commemorate 
big, huge events, the, the birth of a, a prince or a princess, a, a great victory, a battle. They, they commemorate events. A, a tapestry is like a photo album or a trophy room, except they just rolled it up and took it with them. Today, we keep it in our pocket. It's called an iPhone, and we keep our, we keep our photo albums with us. Does that make sense? So we can show everybody our grandkids or our kids or our trip. People that don't want to see it, but we show it anyway. Amen. And so, but that's what a tapestry does. And so, and so, they, for us, it's a constant reminder that we're a part of the kingdom of God. Another thing that they they have is there'll be a tapestry with a coat of arms. You ever seen a coat of arms? It is a symbol of authority. Well, when you are a part of the kingdom of God, you have authority to walk boldly in this wicked world. Does that make sense? We have, we have authority over the wicked one. Do, do things happen? Sure. We just watched the Orlando shooting this past week. Almost 50 people massacred in a, in a gay bar. We, we look at that and say, man, well, I don't understand. Why would, I don't understand what's going on. Let me, can I explain to you? Jesus said in the end times, it would suck. Now, how many believe that we're living in the last days? Is anybody? Then why would you be shocked that it sucks? He said it's going to be wars, rumors of war, haters of God, lovers of pleasure, re- re- revilers of parents, given to, given to want and pleasure, man, re- re- rebellious of authority over and over. And we say, wow, that's what's happening today. Right, because Jesus was right. Isn't that right? Are y'all out there? And so the, the, the tapestry reminds us that we're in the kingdom of God and we have authority over this world. Who do you stand for in this wicked world? Next week, I want to challenge you to do something. Fly your flag on your cars, whatever flags you fly. Football season's coming, so go ahead and fly your flags. And I know you got them. I've seen Kentucky flags, ugly blue on some of y'all's cars. I've seen those. I've seen some of you Gators come in here with that horrid blue and art. Come on, people that are not going to heaven. Man, people come in here with Alabama and Georgia and and all this kind of stuff. Fly your flags next weekend. People can say, what's the world's going on of faith promise? Hey, next weekend the sermon is what flag are you flying? Matter of fact, some of you got some orange flags. My wife, can, she'll come with her face painted orange. You cut her, she bleeds orange. And so, man, come with your flags next weekend because that's what we're going to talk about. Here's the deal. How you live your life. If you're listening, say I am. How you live your life weaves the tapestry of your life. A tapestry is composed of threads. Some run up and down, and some run this way. Those that are up and down are called warps. Those that run this way are called wefts. Or they're, they're, they're warps and wefts. One run, warps run up and down. And so the, the, one, the wefts that go this way get all the color, gold, jewels, and that's what makes the picture. But the, the, wet, the, the warps go this way. You can't see them. They don't get the color, but they give the strength. They keep it straight. And if you're the kingdom of God, those the, like the warp threads, the kingdom of God keeps this world from warping you, from warping your life, from warping your testimony, from warping what's going on. Does this make sense? So let me ask you a question. How many of you want to live a life that honors the king, Jesus? Is anybody? All right, here's the deal. It is not easy.
I really believe the best way that I can honor my dad is to continue to weave together the life that he's inspired in me. I remember when I was young, sometimes my dad would get me up in the middle of the night and he would take me night fishing. We would always stop at the gas station by the lake. We'd always get two Mountain Dews in a glass bottle and two Zero Bars. I don't even think I liked Zero Bars back then. I just wanted to have whatever he was having. So I guess it's one of those things where little boys want to be just like their dad. When I was in elementary school, his volunteer job at the church was to edit a pastor's sermon for our local TV station for broadcast. I would always sit in the media booth with him on Sunday afternoons. We'd always have a sermon on one TV and a NASCAR race on Anybody another, football game, something. 
I just love to be with him. I love watching the race with him. Anywhere he was, I wanted to be. We would take on odd jobs, sometimes work two jobs when my sister and I were little so that mom could stay home. That was really her heart, and so we wanted to honor her that way. He was the, the kind of dad who bought a video camera. He would take it everywhere. He took it to dance recitals, my football games. He'd be on the front row for all those things when I was leading worship. As I've grown older, I realized what a blessing it is to have a dad like that. Not a lot of my friends did, and so to have someone who I knew loved me and was always proud of me, it's something I'll cherish for the rest of my life. Early last year, he let us know about some health problems he'd been having. He'd been having really bad headaches and blurred vision. Mom finally talked to him about going to the doctor. When he went, we got the news that nobody wants to hear. He had cancer. And it wasn't just cancer, it was a very rare and aggressive type of brain cancer that had an extremely low recovery rate. I remember hearing those words and I'll be honest, it rocked me, but it never rocked Tim. He walked through that and through that diagnosis, he never felt hemmed in by what the doctor's words were. He never listened to the odds, he believed. He trusted that God was gonna weave this together. Gonna work this all together for good, that there was a silver lining to the fabric that God had put together. A couple months later, we held his hand as he was wheeled into emergency surgery. It was basically a, a last-ditch effort to save his life. The chemotherapy had just ravaged his body and destroyed the fabric of who he was, and so we sat in the waiting room for hours, just waiting on a word, and when the doctors finally came to get us, we knew right away that Dad was gone. That's not the end of Dad's story, though. Although physically he's not with us anymore, the, the thread of his story, it continues, it goes on and on. You know, my daughter still talks about all the wonderful times they had together. She loves and misses her pop-pop. When I look at my son, I, I see his smile. I see my dad's sly grin. So many people have shared with me what my dad meant to them, and I really think that is the truest marker of a life to live well for Jesus. I don't remember my father ever consciously talking about leaving a legacy, but he didn't have to. He's one of those guys whose life and actions spoke far more loudly and powerfully than his words ever could. He made me want to be that kind of husband to my wife. He made me want to be that kind of father to my kids. So, on this Father's Day, Dad, thank you for weaving such a rich tapestry together. I love you, I miss you, and I'll see you again. Happy Father's Day. And because many of us focus on the all these other things and miss the seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness, we don't live our lives with the end in mind. We don't think about, hey, we, we may not be here tomorrow, yet the Bible says we're like a vapor here today and gone tomorrow. We're like a flower that rises in the morning and withers in the noonday sun. Our time on earth is so short. And so what we need to do is live with the end in mind. 
We need to think about what tapestry that we want to weave with how we live every day. Larry, he crossed the drawbridge we talked about a few weeks ago, Jesus being the gate. Larry entered the kingdom as a, as, as a young person. And Larry lived in the kingdom of God. Larry surrendered every day to the lordship of Jesus. He lived others. He lived serving. He lived caring. And because he did that, and daily he bowed his knee to the king of kings and the lord of lords, Larry's life painted a tapestry that still is being built with his wife, his wife Gloria, with his son, Justin, who you saw, and his sister, Jenna, with Ben and with Kara, with the triplets, the three peas in a pod, as we call them, or, or with their older daughter, Ayla, who still remembers Pop Pop. See, we've got to live our life. Seek ye first the kingdom. Does this make sense? We can leave a mighty legacy by the, by the habits, the actions, the things that we do every day. See, somewhere we want to we do this great climb, this great mountain, win this great battle, but in reality, it's the decisions that we do every day that frame and form who we are and paint the tapestries. Does that make sense? It's the daily disciplines that nobody notices. It's getting up that hour earlier to spend with God. It's, it's all the sacrifice and what we do for God. And so let, let me just let me go back to some of the illustrations we talked about in this series. Because, see, we all want to weave a beautiful tapestry with our lives. Isn't that right? Is that, is that right? Yet if we could be honest for a minute, so many of us are tempted every day to jump back in the moat. Now, if you missed any of the weekends, I want to challenge you to go back. But the moat is outside the kingdom. It's the world which we live in, and it's the sin that we dug the moat with our hands because the Bible says, Behold, your iniquities have made his separation between you and your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you. So we got this moat. But Jesus is the drawbridge that gives us access to the kingdom over the moat. Yet what we found, and if we can be honest, most of us would agree, we are tempted to jump back in the moat. Because, man, the moat looks fun, doesn't it? And the, but the problem is that the moat is outside the kingdom. The moat is filled with alligators. The moat is dangerous. And yet we look at the moat and we say, it's so much fun out there. It's, and so it's like people build a, build a high dive off the wall of the castle and dive back into the moat for a swim. It's Pharaoh saying, give me one more night with the frogs. Would y'all agree with this? Is anybody breathing? Are y'all okay? See, the kingdom is coming. It's not fully here. It's here, but it's not fully here, and it's coming. Let me give you a guy who, who had absolutely one of the greatest vantages, vantage points of anybody in the history of the world and made the wrong choice. Matthew 19. We don't know this guy's name. We only know him as the rich young ruler. Someone came to him, this rich young ruler, and said, Teacher, Jesus, what good things shall I do that I may obtain eternal life? What work do I need to do so that I can make my own drawbridge over the moat of my sin so that I can, be in the king, I can be in the kingdom? What do I need to do to go to heaven, have eternal life? And he said to him, why are you asking me about what is good? There's only one who is good. But if you wish to enter into life, if you want to enter the kingdom, if you want to live forever, then keep the commandments. Then he said to him, which ones? And Jesus said, you shall not commit murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness, nor honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, "Woo! yes, sir, I'm in. Every, all these things I've kept. Then he asked the wrong question. What am I lacking now? 
What, what else? Is there anything else? What am I lacking? Now, here's, here's where we don't have this opportunity, but this guy did. So this is critical. So I want you to really you zero in. Jesus said, if you wish to be complete, if you want to go to heaven, then go and sell your possessions and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. Jesus said, don't let yourself traces on earth, but lay yourself traces in heaven. When the young man heard this statement, he went away what? For he was one who did what? Oh, much of this wicked world. Oh, much of this evil eon. And the disciples, Jesus said, disciples, truly, truly, I say to you, it's harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And again, I say to you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard this, they said then, they were astonished and said, then who can be saved? And looking at them, Jesus said, with people, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. So the rich young ruler, come on, yeah, amen. The rich young ruler... So the rich young ruler is like us. Are you with me? This is what the rich young ruler wanted. The rich young ruler wanted to go to heaven. Anybody want to go to heaven? Because, yeah, we want to go to heaven because the opposite's really way worse. So if we want to go to heaven, the problem is that we want to live life on our own terms while we're here. Does that make sense? I want to go to heaven because I want to go to hell. But while I'm here, I want to do, I want to do whatever I want to do. And, and we didn't get the opportunity the rich young ruler did because he's standing at the, at the author of all truth, the king of kings, that said, is there anything lacking? And Jesus peers right into his heart like he does all of ours and said, oh, yes, you have the idol of greed in your life. You're a rich man and you have the idol of greed. Your number one thing is money. And Jesus said, you cannot serve money and God. So let me tell you what you need to go sell everything, give it to the poor, come and follow me. And what did he say? Not happening. Wow. I really want to go to heaven, but hey, do you know, do you know what? Do you know what? Do you know how much I'm worth? Do you know how much money I have? Do you know how many acres I have? I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Because he wanted to rule his own world. This is, let me give you a very misunderstood verse out of Matthew's gospel. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, they're, sin, they're, they're the same. Suffers what? And the violent take it by force. This has been a misunderstood verse for centuries. As a matter of fact, you go back centuries ago, the Crusaders, by this verse, thought they should raise up an army about Jerusalem and take Jerusalem from the Turks or the Muslims. They went, lost that battle, didn't go very well for them, because that is not at all what this verse means. It doesn't mean to raise up a physical army and go and fight and take territory. No, no, that's not what it means. That's what Islam does. That is not what Christianity does, although it's done it in its past. It's not. Here's the deal. When we are transferred and transformed out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's marvelous Son, when we are born again, which is an unbelievable miracle, by the way, there is a violent act that takes place because you are ripped out of the kingdom of this world and you are placed into the kingdom of God, the kingdom of His marvelous Son, the kingdom of love, the kingdom of light. Does that make sense? A violent action has taken place. You have been ripped out, and your family and friends don't understand. They say, wait a minute, why did you change sides? They don't use that word, those words, but that's what they mean. Because when you change sides, the people that the side you used to be on call you a traitor. And so you are, you're a traitor against this world. Okay, I am. I choose the next world. I choose the kingdom of God over the kingdom of this present age. The rich young ruler said, no, I'm choosing this present age over that present age. 
You know, what, 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 Jesus said, hey, by the way, if you get involved in the kingdom of God, they're going to hate your guts. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of my namesake. They're going to hate you because of me. They've always hated me. And yet we're shocked when the media bashes Christians. Our feelings are hurt and we're offended. Listen, grow up. If you're going to serve the kingdom of God, the world's going to hate you. If you can't take that, then be the rich young ruler and say that I'm not. Listen, I'd rather have this world. Is anybody with me? Are you okay out there? Man, this kingdom of God stuff is business. Man, we, God, God is not playing. See, the darkness, Jesus said, hates the light because his deeds are evil. And if you're a kingdom servant and you're shining the light of God into the darkness, then the darkness will always try to kill the light. Always. They kill Jesus. They kill the prophets. They're killing Christians around the world in record numbers. They're putting them in prison. They're killing them. They're cutting their heads off. They're doing all kind of stuff. And we say, I can't believe that. Jesus said they would do it. Are you with me? Is anybody here? Is anybody here? So, man, the, the, the suburbs violent. Violent means force. Or, or there is to apply force or to press in. This evil eon is pressing in on us, trying to conform us into this wicked world. Would you all agree with that? It's trying to make us into its image. But those of us that are kingdom people, Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, Therefore I urge you, I'm begging you, brethren, because God is so good. Because, anybody tasted the mercies of God? Are they good? Are they good? Because of the mercies of God, four people like that. The rest of you, I'm not sure what you're taking. To present your bodies a living and a holy sacrifice. That means seek ye first the kingdom of God, not last first. A living holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. King James, your reasonable service. Those of us who are in the kingdom of God, it's easy to surrender our lives to, to the Lord, isn't it? Because we understand. And do not be conformed to this world, this eon, but be transformed. This is violence. To be transformed what you used to be. I was a drug addict and a dope dealer. And there was a violent transformation into a kingdom soldier. Does that make sense? The kingdom suffers violence. And the violent take it by force. Transformed by the renewing of your mind. I don't think like I used to think. My mind has been renewed. That you may prove what the will of God is. That which is good and acceptable and perfect. There's a violent acts. This world wants conformity. And transformation from this world is violence. In, if we're going to be kingdom soldiers, there's violence involved. Does that make sense? And I'm not talking about putting arms together. I'm talking about the spiritual war that's raging. And so what does the rich young ruler do? He rejects the Son of God because he refuses to bow his knee to his life. He's going to live his life the way that he wanted. And listen, 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 listen. Many of us are like the rich young ruler. I prayed a prayer. I kept the commandments. I came on Easter, and man, I, I prayed a prayer. I filled the card out. I got baptized. I'm good. Now I'm going to live my life like I want to live it. There are 18,400 people on Easter. Where are they this weekend? They're at the lake. They're sleeping. They're chilling, but they're not in the house of God, are they? Are you with me? I say, I wanna, hey, hey, I want to I wanna pray a prayer. I want to go to heaven. Woo, what do I need to do for eternal life? Oh, no. What? 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 what, what? Give away my stuff? No, 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 no. No, no, I, I, no, no. I think I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to stick right here where I am. Does this make sense? See, 
I, yeah, I want to go to heaven, but I'm going to serve myself because, see, self is sovereign in my heart. Is anybody out there? Come on, now this is, listen, let's get deep, pastor. This is deep. This, this, is, this is deep. See, what we do is we want heaven, but we want to reject his rule in our hearts. Now, let me, let, me, let, me, let me paint some pictures. Are you ready? If you're okay, say, I'm okay. Okay, you won't be in a second. Here's the deal. 75% of the families here don't tithe. That's just beyond miraculous what we do with the 25% of families that do tithe. Are y'all with me? 75% of families said, hey, Jesus is Lord. Man, he's Lord of my life. But oh, by the way, I'm going to do what I want to because it's my money. Well, there's no cheers. and hoop de hoops Whoop-de-whoops. The rich young ruler got, see, his eyes were open and he said, no. Many of us, our eyes are blinded because we don't put these things together. Because our flesh doesn't want to. So I'm not tithing. I worked hard for my money. I'm not giving my money to the church. Are you smoking crack? I'm not doing that. Or really, is Jesus what part of your life? Yeah, say, I want to, I, 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 man, I want to go to heaven, but I'm going to take care of my money. Last month, 10,000 people attended Faith Promise. 10,000. Is that significant? 1,650 people served. Now, that math is easy. 16.5% of the people that attended worship last month served in any capacity, in any way, across all of our campuses. That means that 83.5% that came last month didn't do jack in the way of serving the body, the army of God. Now, on the one side, it's miraculous what God does with 16.5% of this body. We're the largest church in East Tennessee. We are seeing, but we're over 500 baptisms for this year so far, and we're not even halfway done. I believe we're going to baptize 1,000 people that are saved this year. Now, listen, 75% don't tithe, 84% don't serve. What would happen, church, if 100% served and 100% tithe? Holy stinking moly. Holy moly. What if we all walked in and said, whoa, glory to God with my life 24-7. I'm a soldier of God. My money, my time, my house, my car, my gifts, my kids, my everything. You're keen to come. Your will be done. Not my will. Your will as it is in heaven, in my heart, in my home, in my money, in my everything. See, Jesus didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. I divide father and son, mother and daughter, because when you enter the kingdom of God, there's a violent ripping and people are mad about it. Jesus said the kingdom of God is like the pearl of great price, who the merchant found sold everything and went and got the pearl. Jesus said the kingdom of God is like leaven. See, the Jews thought that the, the Messiah would be a ruling, reigning warrior. They did not realize that he was leaven that would enter this wicked world as his kingdom entered, and we would make a violent transformation of this wicked age. Are y'all with me? See, you got to get the kingdom of God to begin to understand. So let me ask you a question. Let me wrap this up. Are y'all Okay. Your tapestry that you're weaving every day with the life that you're, what does it look like? What does it look like? See, you know what? A bunch of our friends who are not saved yet are still in the moat screaming us over the wall. Hey, come on back in here. The moat's fine. You don't know what fun you're missing. No, no, they don't know the Jesus that we serve. 
when they knew the kingdom of God and the glory of his salvation and the wonder of his majesty and the peace that he brings and the victory that he gives and the joy, the ecstasy, and that he is our heavenly father and we want to live every day to Father's Day to put a smile on his face. They couldn't drag us back in the moat for a million dollars because we want to honor our king. <laughs> Woo, my mercy. So you know what? Here's the deal. Some people are here this weekend that have never bowed their knee to King Jesus. Surrenders your life to him. You need to walk the drawbridge. Others of you have walked the drawbridge. You're, you're into the kingdom of God, but you need to live a life that's surrendering to him. Listen, very specifically, what level giver are you? Where are you serving his body? Are you involved in a small group? What are you doing? Are you with me? Or is your Christianity one hour on the weekend and then I'm going to live the rest of my week like I want to live it? Come on. Some of you need to, need to surrender. Others of you need to just get in the core. Man, what, what step do you need to make? So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're ready to give your heart to Jesus, would you pray with us? We're just going to pray this out loud. Dear Jesus, I know that I've sinned and we're separated. My fault. I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord, my King, my Master. You died for me. You rose from the grave. I will live for you regardless of what anybody thinks. I surrender it all. Have your way. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. In the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Come on, somebody give him some praise in the house. Wow. If you gave your heart to Jesus, if you would fill out the communication card and take it to the next steps at any of our campuses, there'll be somebody waiting for you. Hey, next weekend, we're going to fly the flags. We're going to fly the flags. Hey, listen, even if you're a gator, be proud. Come on, be, that's all right. It's all right. Just go ahead. You're not going to heaven, but be proud. Wear that flag. Come on. And so whatever it is, listen, next week. Hey, has it been good to be in the house of God? Come on. We love you. Be blessed. See you next weekend.